Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. Right. 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 Hello everyone, you're very welcome to the Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show in association with Renault. Today we are previewing the All-Ireland Final between Kerry and Galway. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer Oisín McConville, by the former Kerry footballer Brian Sheehan, by the former Kerry footballer and manager Eamon Fitzmaurice and by the former Galway footballer and manager Kevin Walsh. We're just going to get straight into this. So Brian, what team will Kerry play on Sunday? Uh, I can't see too many changes, to be honest with you, from the point of view of, look, you've got this far with the same team, I don't think, and I think Eamon and maybe Kevin might, might be able to confirm this, but I don't think you're going to change your team massively. You're two weeks out from the last game. It's, it's pointless going making wholesale changes, unless you have to. And I suppose the only question mark at, at the moment is the availability of Gavin White. Um, it's been kept very quiet on here at the moment, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But um, other than that, I think... It's, it's going to be more or less on the same lines. I can't see anyone from the semi-final that stick up their hand um, that would say that maybe is, is pushing to get started. I think Darren Moynan came on. I thought he made a big impact when he came on, in fairness. That's one possibility. Um, other than that, I think Killian Spillane didn't do enough for me when he came in. I think Paul Ganey will hold his place. And I think just with the stage of the game, from the point of view of that, the, the attention that David Clifford and Sean O'Shea are going to get. I think we need big game players. I think Paul is kind of one of those fellas you feel is going to step up to the plate at the weekend. So from that point of view, I think they were the only places that really were up for grabs. Um, if Gavin White is out, and I was kind of thinking about this during the week, how would you go about this? And again, I probably came back to the same thing. There's a part of me kind of saying that I think Galway will be defensive. I think they're going to have to mind the house. They're not going to go for a shootout with Kerry. And I think they saw the impact that David Clifford and Sean Shea can have if you leave them one-on-one -on -one with their men and if you give them the space that's, that, that, that Dublin gave them and, and the damage they can do. Plus, I think Galway's set-up all year has been quite defensive as well. So, do Kerry decide to put someone a bit more attacking-minded at wing-back and maybe try and punish Galway that direction? Um, it's a possibility. But again, look, you're two weeks out from the from the... From an Ireland final, I don't think you're going to go tinkering with your, your formation or tinkering with your game plan uh, that much. Uh, so I think, it, look, it's probably going to be Paul Murphy. I would imagine if Gavin's out. Um, the only if, fear you, if you were going to play an attacking player there, not that Paul Murphy isn't capable of attacking as well, but if you were going to play somebody else there, who would you play? Look, it's an option you have. I mean, you could you could possibly put someone like Darren Minan or even Adrian Spillane in there from the point of view. They're, they're both good defensive players. They both do a lot of work around players, good tacklers. I think possibly the one thing that might come into play is what Kerry are going to do with the Galway kickouts. If Kerry are going to push in the Galway kickouts and force Galway long, Galway are bigger on the middle of the field. Paddy Kelly and Johnny Heaney are two big men as well. And it might be a mismatch if Paul Murphy is there. Something that might happen, depending on what happens. So I think, look, again, you see the problem is you've only two weeks. And even that, the two weeks are very short. It's very short, short space of time to go changing and working on tactics and probably, what, two maybe three training sessions, probably Thursday, Sunday, 
half an hour of, of competitive ball on a Tuesday evening, I don't think it's going to be that much to, that they can work on. So, would it you would change the midfield at all? Would you would you make any change to the midfield? I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. Um, I thought both players did, did fine. I know. I thought David Fintin was probably taken off a fraction too early the last day. I thought it was under five ten minutes in him at least. But look, conditions was very warm down there. The intensity of the game was well higher than what it was in the Mayo game, so they just probably felt that, that the legs, he hadn't enough in the legs to keep going, but I probably wouldn't. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, leave, I think I leave there. I think they might match up Paul Conroy and, um, and, or Jack Barry on, on Paul Conroy and because he has a, had an influence in the Galway team for the last while, so it's something I think they'll probably put him on, on, on Paul Conroy to see if they can keep him keep him quiet because he is, he's been Galway's one of the main players in the championship this year, kicking big scores at big times as well. So he's good in the air. Um, so I think that's something they might just stick with that um, and leave Dermot O'Connor in the wing. Look, I, again, I suppose the reason being, I don't think you're going to make three changes going to an All-Ireland final. If you're being enforced with one with Kevin White, I, I can't see Kerry making two or three changes, one midfield and one and a half forward line. I just don't think it's going to happen. So I think the team will stay relatively the same with the exception of whether they'll just slot Paul Murphy starting wing back or whether they're going to kind of maybe tinkle outside the box here and put someone maybe a bit more, again, they might go to some of the agents plan who's big and aggressive and and that. Or, look, again, I, I've been thinking about it the whole time, but Gavin White was, was massive to the carry defence. I think as much as I kind of said before, I felt his distribution of the ball or his decision-making in the final third was, was, was lacking. Defensively, I thought he was excellent for carry. If Tyke Morley ever double teamed anyone, or Tyke Morley went and pushed on his man, or went to double team in a, in a corner, or Gavin tucked in, and he always protected the top of the D, and he was also very quick to get back out again to, to his man. Um, and that was a great reading. So, again, maybe for playing a forward in that instinct, do they have the same instinct to, to tuck in defensively? Whereas Paul Murphy, I think, would, and I think Paul Murphy would have probably played that role as well in training if anyone was missing. So, look, I think if Gavin's out. I think the only change would probably be Paul Murphy. Other than that, I wouldn't go changing the team. What do you think of that team, Eamon? No, I agree. Everything Brian said there, I wouldn't disagree with any of us, uh, Paul. I think the, the couple of things that are up for grabs, obviously, is if Gavin White isn't fit, as Brian said. And the other thing then is that uh, that's one decision to be made. Paul Murphy, most likely. I think Jack would like to have a balance of experience um, you know, and winning experience, a couple of lads that have won All Ireland's before that they're on the pitch as well, and that can count for a lot on on, on All Ireland final day. Um, I don't think they're going to go with six offensive forwards either, which is probably their other option with with you know the ten slash possibly to play the likes of a Dara Minehan instead of Dermot O'Connor there, um, or put Dermot to midfield and hold Jack Barry or Davis. You know, I, I don't think they're going to do that. The, the system that they've had all year has worked very well for them. So, um, similar to Brian, I can't see too many changes. I think if there's normally you'd be in a bit more of a vacuum if there was four weeks to final and farm training farm can have an effect on us and fellas can come in and, and get out of farm. But in a two week turnaround, it's 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 very short. Uh, for, for some fella to put up his hand. So um, I expect very much similar team, very similar to what Brian said there. The two forwards that struggled against Dublin, most of all, were Stephen O'Brien and Paul Ganey. Would you hold on to them on the team? Yeah, like I said, for that reason, for both from their ability point of view, um, I'd expect both of them to, to really respond 
uh, the next day out, they'll be anxious to get back on the pitch and they'll be anxious to, to you know, to, to right the wrongs. And rarely do, you know, do players have two bad games in a row, uh, you know, at this stage of the season when fellas are of that calibre of player. And the experience factor is huge. I know a lot of the lads were involved in the All-Ireland final three years ago and the replay so that they've played in two All-Ireland finals already and they've got, you know, good experience from that. But unfortunately, it was a losing experience. Whereas, you know, Dave Moore, um, Stephen, Paul Ganey, Paul Murphy, um, they they have the experience of having won in All-Ireland in 2014. And, and that counts. That counts on the big day. And... Um, for that reason, Jack, you know, Jack thinks of everything and he will be thinking of the balance of the team and that balance of experience as well. So, um, yeah, I expect the boys to start and both of them are well suited to the challenge that Galway are going to present as well. Um, so I think that will probably possibly be a factor in, in the in the management's decision making as well. We'll talk about the we'll talk about the matchups in a minute um, in in. In, in, in terms of both teams. Oshin, is that Kerry team that the lads have picked there, is that good enough to win an All-Ireland final? Uh, yeah, I think I think it is, but I actually think, uh, like, if that leaves David Moore on on McDade, I don't think that's a matchup that would, that would, spring, to, would spring to mind immediately. I wonder, would Kerry slightly tinker with, with that midfield, I wonder would they play Morn and would they play O'Connor as opposed to Jack Barry? Um, David Moore is not going to not going to last, you know, seventy five eighty minutes. I think that's that's the obvious thing. And then the question mark comes: Do you start him or is it somebody you would like to bring on to have on the ball towards the end of the game? Um, he come back. I thought he was very good against Mayo. Um, not so good the last day. Um, give up a couple of vital possessions as well. So uh, there is definitely a question mark. Is that good enough to win an All-Ireland? Yeah. I don't think there's a big pile between these two teams. Um, I think that that, that Kerry, um, Kerry Galway, it's going to be not the game that we've been used to watching down through the years, I don't think. I think as much as Brian says that you know, Galway are going to sit in, I think Kerry will, will sit in a bit as well. Um or a lot. Uh, I think they'll when they look at the form that Comer's in from the last day, I mean, like it gives it brings on a whole new importance to take Morley's role, you know, as far as, you know, doubling up in, in those situations. Um, especially on Comer if it's gonna be Foley on Comer. So uh but yeah, that that carry team's good enough to 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 win, but I still I still think there's there's a few question marks. Like, I mean, the, the form of, of Stephen O'Brien and, and, and Ganey, you know, ha- has to be a worry as much as, you know, you would expect them to step up. And Ganey is always, you know, usually always stepped up in the big games. So, um, but there's still question marks around them. And there still has to be, you know, what do you do as a manager? Do you, do you keep going, yeah, he's nearly there. It's, it's, you know, this is the day that it could happen for him. Or do you say, listen, you know, you've had, Two, three, four chances. You know, it hasn't quite happened for you yet. Maybe it's time to shake this thing up a little bit. And would it be fair to say, lads, that Jack would normally pull one rabbit out of the hat, or he would usually do something a little bit uh, different um, when it comes to this stage of the year? So uh, the the one that I keep coming back to is 
you know, maybe he's tempted just to play the two lads, you know, O'Connor and, and Jack Barry in the middle of the field and hold David Moore. Uh, and that might mean that Moynihan might play in the, in the half hour lane, which I think the way, the form he is in, the way he's had an impact on the game might not be the worst thing in the world for Kerry. Uh, yeah, possibly, Oshin. Possibly he does. I, I think one of Jack's biggest strengths is he traditionally at this time of the season, as you come towards the end game, he gets a lot of the calls, right? His, his kind of sixth sense around how players are going, like exactly what you said there, do I give a guy another go or do I pull a rabbit out of a hat? I think in general, when you go back over the years, he's got a lot of those calls, right? You know, yeah. think back to the 2004 final, he pulled Johnny Crowley out of the hat and started him in that game and Johnny Crowley had a great a great game in that final. And he's done things like that in, at different stages down through the years. And in general, it has worked out. So I, I kind of trust his sixth sense on that. But I think we the team will be obviously named Friday evening. Um, you know, we, we'll probably know for sure just before throwing in Sunday. But uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he did pull a rabbit out of a hat. But I think there has been a very consistent team selection going back to last January in the McGrath Cup and a very consistent approach. And it's got him this far. Uh, you know, I can't see them changing too much, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised. And he has done that for finals in the past where he has pulled, you know, tried something different for a final to surprise the opposition. But the time is less between the two games in terms of actually working on something different and training and that kind of thing. So the practicality side of it, you'd be saying, I, I, I'd be surprised if there's anything too different about Kerry on Sunday. Yet yeah, the. the that Kerry probably have to think about picking the two lads up in the middle of the field. They probably have to think about picking Conroy up because of his his threat, um, and McDade, who is an unbelievable athlete, really is. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like like Brian said, you know, I could see I could see it going both ways. I could see Jack Barry being given a job on Conroy, similar to the Fenton kind of role, but I could also see him getting that role on McDade and David and Conroy plowing away with each other. You know, they're yeah. similar type players. They're similar vintage. And, you know, that David would have to get wired into Conroy off the ball because, look, one of Conroy's biggest strengths is coming late, you know, like, thinking like a half forward and, you know, timing his run and getting into those pockets of space. So in that kind of a situation, David wouldn't be able to drop or wouldn't be able to help out Tyke Morley. He'd be just basically wired into to, to Conroy once Galway are in possession so I, I'd see it maybe the match up more like that that David yeah. would wire into Conroy and Jack would be on Killian McDade because of, of McDade's athleticism and McDade in the championship has actually scored I'd say he's probably scored more than Paul Conroy from play because of you know he got the goal against our man he's got yeah. a couple of points yeah. Uh, so so yeah I, I that's kind of the way I'd expect it to go Kevin, do you see there being no change to the Galway team? No, I think it'll be solid, uh, Paul. I don't see any change. I do expect uh, Moran to take up um, Conroy. I think there'll be no question about that. Uh, I think he'll suit, they'll suit each other to a degree and it'll be a battle in the air as well. Um, <clears throat> I'd expect that Barry will be after McDade all day. That's the way, way I see it. I'd expect that's what'll happen. Um, I don't see any changes, Paul. There hasn't been any changes. Even subs the last day, I don't think there's any, anyone came on until the last few minutes. So I'd expect that they go exactly what they had. 
and with the same system and style, I, I don't see them leaving themselves open at the back. Uh, I, I've said this in the last few comp- uh, podcasts. You could see them back to the clear lateral league game. So I don't see them changing it that way. I suppose the difference they have here now is that they're going to have to try and get a fast break. And and while I think the opposition for the last two games won't be as strong as the Kerry one, so they're going to have to try and get their way of leaving up one or two players. You know, the first, whole first half there was 15 behind the halfway line. So it's fine to, to, using the defence like that, but how are you going to get your fast break? So I think, you know, having more than a plus one in the back behind your defensive arc, you know, is drawing back the forwards. That's the problem. So if you have a plus two or three in the back, now you've got yardage in your defensive arc that splits open slightly. So you've got to use your top two forwards to come back. And that's what's happening, what I can see at the minute. Robert Fairnity was back in the 14-yard line, defending the last day. That's not where he needs to be. Um, but again, it's find that balance of, of you know, not, not, not conceding too many early scores. Um but also being able to, to transition. So that that's, I suppose, the little worry with, with this full system at the minute I see. But I don't see many changes, Paul, to be honest. And which dressing would you which dressing room would you prefer to be in on Sunday? The winning one, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> which, which group of players would you prefer to have at your I've too many other ones, but uh, look at Paul, to be honest, there's different there's huge challenges for both players before they go next Sunday. And, and uh, look at the Kerry challenge is, is huge as well because and I know you're saying we're down to earth and like I said, but I mean, there was such a big game against Dublin, you know, to get over that line was huge for me. And it was huge for Kerry as well, even for confidence wise. But it brings another challenge and that's meeting people on the street every single day. And like Brian Eamon, you, you're on Kerry. It, it'll be a tough one, but you'll win it type of thing. And that they'll be listening to that all week. No matter how you look at it, they will be listening to that. And it's, it's almost like trying to keep out that mist out, out, out of your face and you know, that's it'd probably be easier to organise the Galway dressing room than the Kerry one, to be honest. But the Kerry dressing room obviously has the form. So, like, Division 1 champions, unbeaten. Uh, if you take the Mayo, the, the only line you can take on form is actually Mayo. Both teams have met Mayo this year. And if you want to go down the horsey route for the Galway race coming up, you'd have to say the form is an eight-point loss uh, for Mayo against Kerry. It's one point against Galway. Uh, they won the National League quite easily. And also, Turkin wasn't actually there to mark Shane Welch when they played in the kind of final. So the, if you don't want to break it down that way, you'd be saying the Kerry dressing room has the form. But uh, to manage the, the players, it's probably easier to manage the Galway dressing room at the minute. Brian, I was in um, in Dublin in the middle of last week. There was uh, a woman walking down the street in front of me wearing this big T-shirt which said Kerry 38 on it. And she appeared to be announcing the imminent arrival of uh, a 38 All-Ireland football title. <laughs> is that what the mood in Kerry is? Um, it depends on who you talk to. It depends who you talk to. I think the, the real football people around her at the moment know that this is it's, it's a massive game. That this you know, just because you beat Dublin doesn't guarantee you uh, winning the All-Ireland. Um, you know, look, I think Dublin, to be honest, you have come back into the pack. Um, so as much as Kerry beat Dublin, you're after beating a Dublin team that's after being relegated to Division Two, hadn't played particularly well all year, and we're missing Conor Callan. So I just think there's a bit of perspective from of where Kerry are coming in, coming to the All Ireland. Just because you beat Dublin, I think the big team for Kerry was beating Dublin to get the monkey off the back. I think because we hadn't beaten them since 2009. It was just a massive occasion for for Kerry, and I think, you know, some people, 
maybe that wouldn't have followed or have the knowledge of football would be thinking, oh, it's only a matter of Kerry turning up and beating Galway. But look, when's the last time anyone walked into an Ireland final and 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 walked away with it? You don't. It doesn't happen. It, you know, any team that goes to an Ireland final is there on merits and. Look, it's going to be a very, very uh, difficult game because for me, Galway are probably the one team that have improved with every game they've played this year. They've 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 found something that they were poor on. They've tweaked this. They've worked on this, and they've just gotten better and better and better and better. So, um, going back to the question, Paul, some people I think might be just thinking after beating Dublin, it's it's the thirty-eight All Ireland. Um, <clears throat> but I tell you, from a person that has been involved in playing football. Since I've been at the age of 15, at inter-county level, you don't win an All-Ireland final and, and a performance in the semi-final. And I think how, you how do you shut it out, though? How do you shut it out of your life in the week before a game? Um, look, I think it just comes down to experiences. It is a big thing, a big part of it. Um, you know, you know when to venture out. You know when to keep your head down. Um, like I was always kind of the person where I actually got fierce energy off meeting people getting the, the best wishes and seeing the flags around the town and that kind of stuff so it, it kind of highlighted and heightened the sense of the occasion for me but at the same time you don't go out and get lost in all that and and get caught up in this and all of a sudden we're wasting negative energy thinking about this and and then probably believing some of the hype that's that's going on about us so it, it's a it, it's, it's experience i think every player is different it's how they how they'll approach it some fellas will put their head down and hide and won't go out into the world at all I know some fellas will probably even avoid work, and I don't think that's a good idea either because we're not sticking to your routine. And for me, as I said before, it was always a routine. I would always keep working up until probably the Thursday might take the Friday off. I'd still do my kicking on a Friday evening for, for an hour, an hour and a bit. Um, you know, I you just dabbling out of town for into the shop. You'll see you get a bite of the atmosphere. So that, that was that was kind of it, you know. So I think that's a players will do they'll, they'll use their own initiative they'll do what they're comfortable with um but look as i say they're looking off there's only a two-week turnaround so it's not as if they're four weeks waiting this and that's probably the good plus side to it uh four weeks could be a long time to listen to a lot of stuff must be spoken about in the papers people slap you in the back listen to club players so the two-week turnaround i think will be actually good to carry in this instance Eamon how do you kill hype <laughs> um how do you kill hype uh, like there's going to be hype there. It's an All Ireland final. It's 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 the biggest game of the year. It's look. It's one of with the All Ireland hurling final. It's it's our national day. So there's going to be you know there's going to be hype around it and there's going to be excitement. Brian covered it very well there. You know different players had different routines. I'd have been very different. I was a complete introvert. I would have avoided everything. I would have had a serious tunnel vision. And I don't know if that was. Um, the right way looking back now and I found I was actually worse um, from the the management perspective when I went into that I was a complete and utter introvert it was just basically work carry and that was it family uh, there was there was nothing else I'd hardly I'd hardly I don't know what I'd hardly go out for a litre of milk uh, so I'm not sure if that was the right way but as Brian said the, the two things are experience number one and the second thing then is the two-week turnaround is, is hugely significant. I, I, I think that it just, before you know it, it's here. There's no time. Everything is, it's almost a bit rushed. But uh, from the point of view of the, of the players and the management and just performing in the final, which is the most important thing, to perform, not to be distracted by anything else, um, it makes it a small bit easier. But I think you have to, 
not embrace the hype, but you have to accept that it's it's a huge day and it's a privilege to be a part of it and uh, accept that part of it and enjoy that part of it, but then have the, the kind of cold focus that you have a job to do as, as a player and as, as a team. What way were you, Oshin? I think I sort of, like, I wouldn't have as much experience of all there in final day as the lads, but um, I sort of tried it both ways. I think the first year that we were involved was new to us, just sort of embraced it, still quite young. Um, nothing really was was phasing um, me personally and, and probably a lot of the lads who, who played in that team. It was, seemed all quite fresh, and, and as I say, we embraced it as much as we could, and... and and <clears throat> as far as training and that's concerned, we we trained in County Louth for a lot of it. So um, the place that we trained and there was nobody going to be... If people were going there, they were going there for a reason. They weren't going to be passing by or anything like that. So we didn't have a lot of people, you know, as such watching train or anything like that. So, um, see, you don't want to hide away from it too much. I just felt in 2003, it just got the better of me because I just... I, I just became claustrophobic. I, I, I wouldn't go out in the door. I didn't want to. I didn't want to see anybody. Um, I was working in, in Armagh at the time, and I wouldn't leave for lunch. Like you know, if I found myself without something at lunchtime, I'd just stay in because I just I didn't want to see anybody. I didn't want to communicate that I had the stock answer ready for everybody, but. Um, I didn't even want to deliver that anymore. So <clears throat> I would have said that I, w- I would have I would have sampled both sides of it, and I, I haven't had that experience um, and used it obviously as a on a, a lesser way. You know, as far as the club uh, finals are concerned, I, I would have tried to embrace it um, more than I would have tried to hide away from it because I thought when I hid away from it, it, it wasn't it wasn't conducive or or at all helpful to put to the the performance because I just um as I say it just became too claustrophobic. Do you think there are parallels between this Galway team and your Armagh team twenty years on in the way of you know just coming into the final really nicely improving as it goes along and not expected necessarily to win but determined to win. I think the, the the parallel that I would see is that they they're a team that have gained belief, you know, by you know what has what has gone on, like the Mayo game, and you know, and the way that they um, I was going to use the word collapse. It wasn't a collapse, but the way that they didn't finish the game out again, you know, the Roscommon game, um, you know, you go into the Armagh game and they've been they're they're very much tested mentally. I think, and then the Derry game. The Derry game for me was a significant one, even though you know the Derry challenge didn't really materialise. But I thought you know to back up the performance against Armagh was huge, you know, and and have belief in exactly what they were doing to come up against a, a defensive team like Derry and not blink to go three nil down, to be three one down with twenty nine minutes, you know, gone in the game, and. Uh, I think they learn a good bit about themselves. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a few similarities. I just think that um, I get the feeling that Galway are 
claim with a huge amount of confidence, probably more confidence that we would have went into an All-Ireland final with. Um, and uh, a real know-how about how they're going to go about things. Um, and as I say, they've had the opportunity to blink a couple of times and they haven't blinked. You know, they've they've just they've just powered on and powered through. So they're uh they're significant moments as a footballer, um, as a team. Uh, the significant moments are, you know, they're there to, and playing to be seen by um from a goal point of view all year. Um, none more so than, you know, going down to the wire against Armagh when they had the game won and then, you know, backing it up against Derry. And if, but Kevin, if they are to win, Galway have to hold Sean Shea, have to hold David Clifford. Who's picking them up? I expect um, Clifford will be either Liam Silk or Sean Kelly. I think Liam Silk will get the job, to be honest. Um, but I tell you, it's not going to be it's going to be a zonal defence. It's going to be one be one, but zonals inside them because they're not going to leave those guys. Mm-hmm. I expect not not a one v one. Probably John Daly will stay centre back on on Sean O'Shea. I would think. Now I think Sean O'Shea needs to look at John Daly as well because his performance against Derry was was top class. His um, passing, I think he made Comer completely made Comer. If you look at everything, you know, the point for half time was John Daly pass, the turnover ball on. The dirty midfielder uh, was was him. Right. Uh, class, yeah. The the goal <laughs> from Comer was was him. The, the little punt pass. So he's a really good passer of a ball, and uh, he doesn't make too many mistakes. And again, before half time, he kicked a massive point himself. So that's going to be a big one, even for 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 to, to reverse it around. John Daly had an influence, you know. Um, I do think that they'll just stay with that, but but I will be. I don't see them not coming out that shell for for a while. I think they're going to. Make sure that they, they stay defensively solid. Um, but I just come back to the last points there. I suppose this is the first time, um, I suppose Derry, Armagh, they're not your traditional team up there for the last six, seven years. You know, how, how battle hardened are they? I know Derry won Ulster and Armagh have improved in the last year or two. Uh, so I think the mental test is going to be a bit stronger. You know, I even look back on Derry, you have to wonder why. A few, a few weaknesses that did show up in the Armagh game, how Derry didn't even test that. I presume Kerry are going to be looking at a few of those weaknesses. And, you know, with a few high balls in the square, um, I didn't see one against Derry. So i just not so sure how battle-hardened those two teams are to actually judge. Um, so that's a massive one, I suppose, coming forward next week because uh, Kerry will push up. And that's why I think that David Morden will go on Conroy. I expect them to push up and force the kickouts long, you know, the first few minutes. Um, when Derry pushed up, it was all long, long, long. So I think those matchups are going to be crucial, and the midfield battle is going to be crucial in this one, as far as I'm concerned, because they will be they will be hitting them. I don't know if you noticed the last time that lads, the Galway, the Galway press, it was five in the front for, full forward line. He had almost four behind that and two behind that. You had a complete push up on, and I thought Derry dealt with that very poorly. I'd expect that. You know, Kerry will overload one side to take out that zone. Um, but again, that's that's something we'll have enough done in two weeks. It's hard to know. But to answer your questions, both. I don't think there'll be a massive amount of matchups. I think it's going to be one or two, and it's going to be zone left of that. Leamsig, I expect to one on Clifford uh, with a double team all the time. I don't expect uh, Comer to be marked the way he was marked against Derry. Um, the defender on Comer completely. Rogers, yeah. Rogers completely 
was just Homer's eyes. He didn't see where the ball was coming. He didn't see where it wasn't coming. Uh, I'd expect the Kerry will be a lot cuter than that. So if that's the case and Kerry is slight, you know, a sweeper as well, Comer might find it hard to get as much space he got in, in the, inside the dairy defence as well. So it'll be interesting, but I do think Liam Selke will probably take up Clifford. Eamon, what do you see on that? What do you see those? What what matchups do you think Galway will go at first of all? Um, yeah, look, I, I I wouldn't be disagreeing with Kevin because I think he'd have a you know a much better sense of of all of those Galway lads. Um, I just think Sean Kelly, uh, you know, he's he's Galway's captain. He's their leader. I know he probably wouldn't even be in the full back line, but for the injury to Sean Mulcairn, but. I have a feeling he could pick up David. Um, he marked him in the Sigerson final. I know it was a completely different game, different conditions and everything, but um, he has that experience of marking him already. So it wouldn't shock me to see Sean Kelly on David and possibly for Sean Kelly to drive on a bit from Galway in possession as well and try and suck David out the field a bit, chasing him. Because um, early on in All-Ireland, you know, when it's going to be frantic, and cagey and nervy and everything else. Not that it's going to be every man for himself, but in that initial set, setting in period, there can be that that element of every man for himself, and no forward would want to let his man go and create overlaps. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked to see Sean Kelly and Davis um, are, are are as uh, Kevin said uh, Liam Silk because he was outstanding on on McGuigan the last day out. Um, other than that, you know, the John Daly one, I think, is an interesting one because he has been brilliant sweeping. And if he's in a man-marking role and Shawnee, um, do Galway lose some of his effect by, by giving him that kind of a job? Particularly if Shawnee plays closer to goal like he did uh, against Dublin and, uh, you know, that he's playing closer to the full forward line than the half-forward line. Uh, is that something that would 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 suit John Daly, or would they look at something different there? Um, Kieran Malloy, you know, maybe. Kieran Malloy, possibly, but again, he's he's very good going the other way. But uh, I think the Kerry matchups are very clear. The Galway ones, I'm not not as not as convinced uh, yet. But like I said, obviously Kevin's insight there would be would be much much. Superior. And what are your Kerry matchups? And what are you doing? In, what are you doing if you're if you are Jack? Um, I think I think Shane Wilde should be picked up by Tom Sullivan uh, from the point of view that he can match him um, athletically and also Tom will try to go the other way off him that if Shane Welch is staying out the field a bit uh, that will actually suit Tom and he'll drive on up the field I think Damian Comer will be marked by Jason Foley Rob Finnerty by Graham O'Sullivan um, the half-back line I think could be interesting I think Patrick Kelly will be picked up by Gavin Weiss if he's playing or, or Paul Murphy. Uh, Matthew Tierney, I think, could be picked up by Brian Obioglieach and Johnny Heaney. Then I think Tyg Morley might match up with Johnny Heaney because I expect Johnny Heaney to play quite deep, possibly as a permanent extra defender and coming on from there. And Tyg will match up with him and, and free himself up to play right deep in front of Comer and Jason Foley. Um so that that's the way that I'd be expecting. If Johnny Heaney plays in a, in a more offensive role, Tiger could pick up um, Matthew Tierney in that kind of a situation and try and drop off him and maybe get a bit of a help from the likes of Dermot O'Connor in the half-forward line. 
Uh, but I do expect Johnny Heaney and Patrick Kelly to play quite deep to help out their half-back line, to allow them the likes of Dylan McHugh and Kieran Malloy drop in and, you know, crowd out that, that D and make it as hard as possible for Kerry. So, uh, I don't know what Brian thinks, but th- I, to me, that they're the kind of matchups that that suit, that suit the Kerry lads. Obviously, the Jason and Damien Comer, that's a t- like that's a tough, that's a big test for Jason physically more so than anything else. Jason is playing very well, and I think uh, he's playing well in, in individually, but also as part of the defensive system that Kerry haven't played this year. So he'll need a bit of help there. And I think the plan B then would be that if Comer was getting the upper hand on, on Jason physically, that Tyg could slot in and go one-on-one with Comer because he's the only carry back really that could match him physically for his strength. Um, so, yeah, I, they, they, that's the way I'd be thinking. But uh, I'd be interested to see what Brian thinks because he'd obviously know all the lads very well as well. No, I, I find it hard to to argue that, Eamon. I think... Um... Yeah, Tom and, and Shane Walsh, I think, is, is probably the, the obvious one. I think you have to try and get Shane Walsh away from goal. He does kind of play out out wide. like So I think that's the big one. My only concern would probably just be that physicality right, with Shane Walsh. He's very physical, strong running at you. I just kind of worry about Tom with a physical player going at him. Um, but in saying that, I think the Kerry system, the way they set up the back, I think it allows for a bit of protection. Uh, with bodies back there to, to help you out and and especially the way Ty double teams and kind of comes in behind to help you out uh, that if someone does beat you Ty is, is there to, to help to protect you um, I, I, I agree with you as well Im. I think Brian will pick up um, uh, Matthew or will pick up um, Matthew Tierney for the simple reason being is it just allows Ty to drop off I think if you Ty drops off Matthew Tierney I think Matthew Tierney is the kind of player that could seriously hurt you. He's a good baller, can kick, can score, can create. Um, and that's the biggest fear I would have, that if Kerry set off him, he, he would seriously hurt you. Um, and I think if you look at the Dublin game as well, they put Bruno Bigley after Kilkenny because I think it's the same fear that if Tyke went to double team, you couldn't afford to leave Kieran Kilkenny Rome Crow Park because he, he'd hurt you too much. So I think, yeah, I think other than that, that's what, what, what will happen. Um and the only, I think the big thing is for the protection of Jason Foley, I think you need Tyke playing that, that, that plus one because he's been very good at it. And I suppose the last thing is it's the pressure of the ball coming in. I don't care even how good Jason Foley is or how much of a plus one you have back there. If you're giving, if, if Comer's able to get handy ball and he's able to turn and go back to you, you can't stop him. So I think the big thing for me is that there's serious pressure on the ball coming in. That's, that he's not getting ball handy, he's not getting a handy pop pass on top of the who's on the loop or he's coming and he's turning running at as um at Jason. That if he's getting the ball, he's he's running away from goal and he's probably running into Tyke Morley or running into Bruno Begley or running into Paddy Clifford or Dermot O'Connor. That's he's running into traffic. Um so I think that's the, the big one for me. That's the pressure on the ball going in. It, it has to be immense as well because you can't just be allowing little pop passes to the likes of them, even to um Rob Finnerty, do you know what I mean? He's 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 been kicking some fantastic scores as well this year, and I suppose that that's one of the big things um, where I think Galway have a massive, well not advantage, but a massive um, feather in their cap from from other teams. They have, they have six fantastic forwards that can all they're all capable of scoring. Do you know, whereas other teams you might only have one or two or three players that would that are capable of of, of kicking scores. Matthew Tierney can score, Rob Finnerty can score, and they can all score from 35, 40 yards. 
So I think that's going to be um, something that Kerry are going to come up against a, f- a forward unit that are, that all six forwards are, are capable of, of really hurting you. So um, yeah, I, I look, I, I I wouldn't argue with Eamon's, um matchups there. I think that's that's, that's pretty pretty accurate to how I think it would go as well. Oshin, what do you think of those matchups? Yeah, no, I'd say that that those Gary matchups are, are the ones we're going to see. I suppose the only one that uh, is tricky for Kerry is is the Foley on Como on the way Como's playing. Uh, like I haven't never seen him play as well. Um, like the fact that he's he's been fit, he's games under his belt. He's just looked completely unmarkable the last day. Um, I think Kerry will be forced into you know double teaming him at times. And that might leave a wee bit of extra space. You know, Teg Morley probably hasn't done a lot of that uh, so far. I think, you know, the perfect preparation for that it would have been Conor Gallen playing the, the last day and how Kerry would have coped with that. So um, they'll have to cope with, with Comer because I think he's... Um, I can't tell you how good he's playing at the minute. He's just He just looks so sharp. Um, at the other end of the field, I actually think Kelly will pick up uh, Clifford, and I th- actually think Silk will 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 actually pick up uh, Sean O'Shea. Um, <clears throat> and I think they are two decent matchups, but like uh, again, similar to to Comer at the other end of the field, like you know those two boys in any sort of space whatsoever is going to hurt you, and so that's as simple as that. And and it's going to take you know Malai and Heaney and um uh whoever else you know finds himself Kelly in there back to, as well. yeah and even Kelly uh McDade you know coming back in there he he um he he has the ability to cover a lot of that a lot of that ground very quickly so um they're probably the matchups that I would see and 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 again the one that sort of uh sticks out is probably you know how uh Morley tinkers with Playing plus one and also double teaming uh, Damien Como. My fear with my fear with um, the Morley and the sweeper is I'm not so sure they're fully there with it. Yeah, like it, it, you, Brian mentioned about the pressure up front to stop the kicker. Like you obviously delay, you deny, you defend, but that deny part for me on where the sweeper is sitting with Kerry at the minute is slightly in no man's land. It taking it takes a time to get back so that. As I said before, if, if you're more than one kick away, you should be covering the space. If you're less than kick away, you should be right in, inside Comer. But I just find that that sweeper is sitting a bit slowly in the centre of nowhere for, for a little while. I know it's covering the line, but to allow the V-cuts behind the head and the stuff of like that. So it's something I presume they'll have worked on the last two or three weeks because that's going to be vital to closing off the big danger inside for, for, for Comer. And like any at the minute, Comer, any bouncing ball for him is just sticking to his hands full time. He's not leave, it's not falling for a split second, and it's given t- time to turn like Conor Callan does. So th- that's that's a huge one for Kerry to get that sweeper. I think a few yards here and there makes a huge difference about de- denying the ball coming in, and defending should be the last of the three. So if you're no pressure on the kicker and, you, and the sweeper is in the right place, you're going to be under pressure with the, with the form comers in at the minute. It's it was interesting, Kevin. I went back and I looked at Dublin Kerry the other night. And it struck me that Kerry's, where Kerry had their defensive D was actually quite deep. And Dublin were offered, but spurned, a whole load of kicks from 40 to 45 metres out 
in good slots. Sean Bugler spurned a couple. Kilkenny spurned a couple. Brian Howard took one and spurned others. Brian Fenton spurned them. I, 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 I think if Galway go for these, and if they get the right people doing the shooting, namely if they get Paul Conroy on that loop further out, I think there's profit there for them. Yeah, there's definitely, definitely gaps. And I think you know, even Fenton, I think Fenton missed two in the first half of the last day, which was unlike him. And uh, if the pockets aren't filled up, you could be 100% right. Maybe they're looking too much at the sweeper and falling too much back. And But those gaps, like Coach Park, Coach Park will always give you the extra gaps between the players in your defensive system because whether, whether it's a bigger pitch or not, it plays a bigger pitch. And those half-yard opportunities will, will, will turn themselves. But again, if Conway is targeted for those shots, I presume tar- Conway will, will be targeted for those pockets because he has been hitting the, the target quite well. But at the same time, I suppose it was to, like going back to Brian, is the pressure on that ball is going to be crucial. And you cannot afford to sit off those guys. Tierney will shoot from distance. He's turned down a few this championship. I think he's, he's better than what he's showing. Um, McDade will shoot, as we saw as well. He can shoot. Um, mm. Conway can shoot. Malloy will have a pot. Heaney will have a pot. So they're going to have to push out without doubt. And again, that's where the plus one means is so, is so crucial. If the unit passes out, does the U plus one go an extra few yards with them? And if they do, that's more of a gap left for the pop pass over the top. So that's going to be, to get that balance is right as well. Uh, but I do expect opportunities will come like that. But Kerry were aggressive. I think Kerry were more aggressive than what Derry would have been and and also Armagh. Yeah, uh, so this is this is what I, this, this is key and I want to ask you about this. When we've talked about matchups, we've talked about team selection We've we've talked about general mood, but really, is this game not really about mindset? If you look at Dublin Kerry the last day, I thought what Kerry did brilliantly was it wasn't just they said we're not going to be bullied by Dublin if they get us, we're going to push back at them. They actually said we are going to physically suppress Dublin from the start. So from the very first throw in, even before the ball was thrown in, Kerry lads, notably Sean O'Shea and John Small, were taking it to them physically. I think that's going to happen again on on. On Sunday and this this mindset, how do you get yourself in the mindset that's exactly right at exactly the right pitch? Well, I'd say to be honest, the mindset was was, was right the last day, you know. And it, like for me, while Kerry just hung on in the end, like for me that, that was a lot more in that game. If Kerry had taken like they missed the penalty, they Stephen O'Brien picked the ball off the ground in the square when there was a certain goal on. The goal that Dublin got I, uh, was a one in a million, really. It was an unbelievable finish. After David uh, had dropped the ball, and again, maybe back to Oshie's point, that's maybe where David Morden come into it. Maybe that's why they took, took him off. The ball went through his hands, was a tiredness. He's the best pair of hands in Ireland, so why would they go through it? But uh, I suppose that, but that intensity that brought would carry was massive. So David Morden and all those heads are part of that. So we, they may have to be looking at subs if that's the case, because there's only so much left in the legs if you're going to go pushing like that and go park. But Again, that's you know, is that something that Galway have experienced? I don't think so. Derry fell off, uh, completely fell off, like Galway fell off. That was a game of chess for, for 30 minutes. So in that game, a lot of the players got a rest period. It was all about, you know, passing the ball around, trying to find the hole. So you seem a little bit skeptical of Galway's chances. No, I'm not. What I'm what I'm saying is this is going to be a this is a division one winners as against division two in the league, right? They've come out, they've beaten Derry, but I don't think that Derry are a Bring that massive physicality that um, that uh, Kerry will do. I think your team in '98 won the championship from Division <clears throat> Three. Did you win the All Ireland from from Division Three? I think it was Division Two A or something. It was, it was a bit mixed up. I know we played Kilkenny in March. That's all I know. 
that's that's all I know. But um yeah, but I look at it, it's not it's not that. But I mean if you're if you're looking at we Gauri beaten Kerry in 2018, then that's on the bet. They've also beaten them in the under 20 when Jack O'Connor was over them, where Kerry was supposed to have a massive team. Uh Gauri got three minor finals, they've won an under 20 themselves in the meantime. So I think that's a motivation for Kerry not to get a resting of the laurels because I presume there's a bit of a how would I say it, yeah, a bit of a memory there from, from 2018 as well. So that will help Kerry to, to, to I suppose, motivate themselves. But I'm not skeptical of their chances, but what I'm, what I'm looking at is where could the pitfalls be? I'm looking at Kerry because I, I, you know, I believe there's pitfalls in Kerry as well. But I'm just... Where are they? Sorry? Where are they? Well, I've mentioned the sweeper. The sweeper. And I've also mentioned the mentality of hanging on. In 2020, they lost to Cork. They lost to Tyrone last year when they're supposed to have, have beaten Tyrone. So there's a lot of, I suppose, scares there that where a fear factor can come in. And, and that slightly crept in against Dublin in the last 15 minutes. Something either tiredness crept in or a small bit of fear factor kept, crept in. But they were hanging on in the end and a massive kick by Sean O'Shea got them off the line. I don't think it should have brought it. Now, if Galway can bring it to that point, there's going to be questions coming in the Kerry's head as well because they're massive favourites in this. Because how we look at it, there's a massive expectation in, in, in Kerry. So Galway can play with a free will. And so there's lo- there's a few pitfalls in each side, uh, but they're they're both very different in both dressing rooms. Do you think that this Kerry team is as good as the Kerry teams that Eamon had? I'm not so sure it is. Um, and by that, I'm looking at this is, Eamon, you're Crowley centre half back. I think he does crochet back in, was it 219? Or yeah. 218, wasn't he? Uh, you have... Gainey, who was, his form isn't as strong as it was, uh, he's a few years older. You have Stephen O'Brien, who's not as strong as he was. In my opinion, his pace doesn't seem to be doing as much damage. You have David Morton, who's a lot older. All those guys are still playing. Paddy Clifford is a plus, without a doubt, he's come in. But I think there might be a few more mi- minuses than there is pluses. So, you know, as well, all the teams have waited for Dublin to fall back in the pack, and there's no doubt they've fallen back in the last two years now. So it's opportunity knocks. But I think Eamon may have had. A stronger team, a little bit stronger than it is now. I'm not so sure, but uh, that's my feeling. It. Eamon, do you think this team is better than your team? <laughs> oh, Jesus, that's an awful question. Like, um, <laughs> <laughs> like off the fence, though, Eamon. <laughs> um, no, I have to. You, you, I don't know how to re- respond to that. Uh, like, look, when when I was involved with the lads. I felt every year that we were involved, we had the best players in Kerry in the squad competing with each other for starting jerseys. We had a very tight group. We had a very, we were very united and we gave it everything every year. Uh, 2018, um, Kevin mentioned it there and he said that there might be some fellas still thinking about it. Well, I'm still thinking about it anyway, Kevin, but obviously that has no bearing on, sun- on Sunday. Uh, so, you know, they're like that game. Kevin got Galway a hundred percent right that day. We underperformed that day. We didn't play well, so it was it was disappointing. And it was probably it was the only time during my time involved that um, in a big championship game that we didn't we didn't show up. Uh, we didn't always win. We didn't always play well. But for whatever reason, we didn't show up that day. And 
I think if you're involved in a team, we've all been there, whether it's with club or colleges or whatever, or, or at the top level, it's very disappointing when you don't give a representation of yourself on the big day. And uh, it, it's, it scuppered us in 2018, no doubt about it. But in terms of which is the better squad, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Look, You I were think- in there, Brian. You, you call it. I believe you get the cast and vote here. <laughs> it's, it's hard to look. It's, it's hard to answer questions like that, Paul, because, <clears throat> I mean, you go back then you say, oh, what about the teams back in the, the mid-noughties that were contesting All-Ireland finals or are they better than this team? And football has changed. Everything is different. Players got older. Uh, you know, I mean, you add into the mix David Clifford, who wasn't involved with a name and was there in 2016. Like, you know... It, <laughs> You have James O'Donoghue who was in the corner then at that time. Two different players, um, but two fantastic. It's a fairly straightforward question now. Hold on. Would your team be this? <laughs> it's a straightforward, a straightforward matchup. Who wins? But it's, it's not a straightforward question. It's 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 it's, 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 it's <laughs> you can't just say that. You know, it's not just straightforward enough. It's it's there are two different there are two different teams. Um, okay, there's a bit of overlap with personnel, like but. You know, it, it's it's impossible to answer, Paul. Um, I suppose if I look back from the point of view, and this is probably just being biased because I was there, we had some great characters in that 16 team. You know, big fellas like Marco Shea, Aidan O'Mahony, Kieran Donaghy, Declan O'Sullivan. And look, I think if you look back, they were, they were just big names being there, done that, you know. And um, sorry, going back to 2014. If I go back to uh, there was 14, even go back to 16, I know Mark had moved on, Declan had moved on. Kieran was still there, you know. They were just they were they were big young players who who had done it. Um, so I'd probably be biased because I was there that stage. Yeah, <laughs> you know I, I, I suppose I'm coming at this. I'm not going to push you to answer that because it's not fair. But I, I the reason why I'm coming about this is like is there has is the standard of football lower in this year's championship and even last year than it was? We'll say in the Dublin five in a row, six in a row years. I wouldn't say it. See, football is. I think this is a conversation for for another podcast, another episode, Paul. Because where yeah. football is going at the moment, I I, I kind of wor- wor- well, not worry, but it, it's completely different. Even her, I think, Eamon, when you took over in thirteen, it's completely changed since then. Do you know what I mean? And, and I think we were one of the first years I really noticed was when we kind of when Keane O'Neill came in and we brought in Metri Fit and things like that, and the GPS units came in. Um, I think prior to that, we only had a visit from a, a dietitian every couple of months. You know, this whole thing just kicked off all of a sudden. And it got very professional. I think even nowadays, it's gone... It's, it looks professional, if I'm, if I'm being perfectly honest with it. You know, from the point of view of... The, if you look at the work that each individual or each county teams are doing versus professional outfits, be it rugby or soccer, the same amount of time is going into it. The same amount of effort is probably more, except you have players who are getting up at seven o'clock in the morning going to work and the recovery just isn't there. Um, but for me, the, the game has changed. I think it's changed because of the, the football has changed from the point of view that possession is nine tenths of the law. You don't kick, you don't cough up, you don't give the ball away because teams now will punish you. Teams are way fitter than what they were going back five, six, ten years ago. Um, and I just think football has completely and utterly changed. I'm one of the old traditions, kick passing kind of a, a person. That's what I like to see. I totally detest what I saw Derry bringing to the championship this year. 
Um, but again, for me, where football is kind of going at the moment is we're training athletes to be footballers rather than training footballers to play football. But look, Oshin, that's another that's another episode for me. For it is it is another episode, words. and we will come back and we we will talk about that. Oshin, how do you how do you look at the standard of football this year? Um, I think if you're talking about the Dublin uh, six in a row team, I think it's probably a bit back from that. I think they set an unbelievable standard, and I think Mayo. Uh, pushing them all the way. Then you had Kerry and 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 Tyrone coming along behind them. So uh, I think there was probably more teams really really pushing. Um, yet I sort of like personally speaking, I've actually enjoyed this year. Um, I think there's been um, some great stuff, but I think as far as quality goes, I think we're probably a wee bit back on on where we were. And and if yeah. you want me to answer that question about did the two boys fail to answer? Yeah, I would them, like you to answer that. By them not answering the question would me would tell me that they think they were a lot better back then <laughs> than this crew. But I suppose like like even it, it just remark remarkable, Paul and I talked to you about it last year. It was remarkable when I was down for in Killarney for the for the league match with Throne and they were after blowing Throne out of the water like and I was so I was so excited by the by the performance and everything, but I was on my own. Nobody in Kerry was that excited about it, and it turns out they ended up being right. So the unfortunate tag with this team here is until they win in all Ireland. I mean, that's you're just not viewed in that in those in those ways and in uh, in a place you've like been, Kerry. You've been very skeptical of Kerry. Even even earlier this year, I know you you said after the semi final that they've met all. The challenges that they've gone on, but it seems to me you're still not convinced. I just think there's still loads of question marks around them, and again, that probably comes back to the quality of the championship. But like, I mean, like everything, everything would tell you when you look at them that <clears throat> they're, they're not the, they're definitely not the finished article. Um, <clears throat> but I have to say that the the way they've approached and um, the challenges, the way they've changed things. Um, and played a game which doesn't seem to be the most natural thing in the world um, to them. Uh, certainly for me, uh, they deserve a lot of credit. And look, at they have passed all the tests along the way, but I suppose this is the most significant one. And if I really want to, you know, sit down and, and you know, think about, you know, the, the question marks that's over them, like, those question marks probably haven't been fully answered, and that's because of the quarterfinal performance against Mayo and um, the uh, the last day against Dublin. So that might be nitpicking on my behalf because they won't ended up winning the game against Mayo quite easily. The game against Dublin is a game that uh, notoriously they've lost in the last number of years. So they're definitely answering questions as they go along, but. Like it's it's amazing. Like unless they win the All Ireland, the, the you know those question marks remain. Do you know? And 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 probably you'd look at it in a completely different light if they don't if they don't win it. You know, you look back and you say, did they really? You know, answer those questions that we thought they answered along the way. So it's like that sport. It's just a, it's just a weird one. Like there's no more that they can do at the minute than what they've done. And um, but they have to finish the job now. What's the mood in Galway like, Kevin? Very upbeat. I was at a a function last night, just to a fundraising function in Lockray there, and uh, 
very, very upbeat. Uh, they're giving themselves a, a great chance. They're not putting pressure on the players whatsoever. Um, feel it's a good year so, so so far, which is a, a big thing for them. But they also feel they have a chance. And uh, like we're talking here today, like even what Washington said, like is until the Kerry team gets over the line, they're not over the line. And they have shown some frailties. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, they're getting the job done. And I suppose, you know, to answer your question on the last question, it'll be important that Galway are right there with Kerry all the way because that'll give us a better a better line as to what the form of all the other teams are like now. We've, we've new teams coming through. If Derry, if Armagh, if Tyrone looks like, looks like they've gone backwards, Tinegal looks like they've gone a little bit backwards. But this game will, might give us a better feel to where, where we're at. Uh, I don't think, you know, will be up to be Dublin standard six in a row? Probably not yet. But the winners of this match could go on to try, maybe start challenging that. But uh, the mood is very good, Paul, to be honest. Um, does the, does the fact that Galway have such a tradition, does the fact that Galway have such a tradition, does the fact that Galway have such a tradition of success and such a tradition of football matter? Like, it's not like, like, like the standard in Galway is to win a final. That's, that's, that's the ambition. Well, I'd say the strike rate isn't too bad from Galway in finals, but <clears throat> traditionally, both we're, we're 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 in third place, but but we're, we're just we're so far behind. We're 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 a nine, so like I don't need to be saying it, but I mean we won a three in a row. We had a thirty-two-year gap. We won two out of four, and we've had another huge gap again. So we've a lot of gaps in there. So is the tradition as strong as we keep saying it is? Not until we're more consistent, I would think. Mm-hmm. So. But to, be, but to be fair, you know, I think the mood is good. Uh, there's no pressure whatsoever being put on players. And it's kind of, well, you've got this far, so far, uh, do your best everything. And I think it's different to Kerry because there's an ex- massive expectation of Kerry now because you've beaten Dublin. <clears throat> there's a, a drought of whatever, eight years. That's a drought in Kerry. There wouldn't be a drought in Galway. And uh, there's massive pressure on, on, on Kerry compared to Galway. Can I ask you about Park Joyce? So when you when Park Joyce was a player in your dressing room, um, did you see him as a future manager? Uh, that's a good question. I probably was in, in the dressing room with him four or five, five or six years. Unfortunately for me, I was I was in the twilight of my career and I was the only married person with a child. So in relation to I suppose mixing with the younger fellas, you're probably asking the wrong fella because I wouldn't have been out that much like you boys were. But um, <laughs> I suppose I, I had my years on before that. But look, I, I suppose Paulie would have massive confidence in himself. Um, business-wise as well, he's done very well for himself. So he's obviously managing a lot of people. So that was always something that I would say he would feel he would, 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 would go on to do. It's a very hard question for me to answer that because I wouldn't even know myself, Paul, to be honest. Uh, I got a call back in 2008 and I wouldn't even know whether it was going to manage it myself and I just took a chance on it, if you know what I mean. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't have been sticking out there to say, yes, he has to manage Galway. Uh, I wouldn't have seen that. But obviously, that was always in his mind and uh, he's found himself there now at the minute in, in, a, in a final. Great place to be for him. Do you think he's the best footballer you played with? That's like the question about the 2018 and this team. It's the one I can't answer. I mean, look at it's it's honestly, I if you want to put the full package, it's a question I just can't answer because look at it with Michael Donlan, with Jeff Fallon, they're they're all forwards, totally different type players, uh, totally different skill sets. Then I had Gary Fahey at the back and with Thomas Mannion. Well, you know, um skillful wise, yes. 
uh, full package, it's very hard to just take it out of the other guys. I'd be doing it fierce injustice to all the other great players. I, you know, I have to take the full package in there, and I don't think Emil ever has the full package, but he's up there, obviously. Did you play on him, Eamon? I did. Played against him a good bit. We're, we're the same same age, so we'd have come across each other, minor, under 21, senior. So, uh, played a lot on him. Um, marked him not that often, now and again. Usually he was inside in the full forward line out of the way, but <laughs> as Kevin said there, it wasn't like you got some handy when it was either Michael Donlin or Jeff Allen then, so uh, you were always going to have your hands full. But uh, yeah, no, he was a great player, great player in fairness, and had longevity as well, and kept at it even when, um, you know, right up to the end, even when for a fellow who had such success early in his career, he, he enjoyed it so much that he, he kept going, even when things weren't going as well for Galway, but uh, yeah, he was a fantastic player. Yeah, I remember seeing him being marked by Tyrone's <clears throat> Connor Gormley in um in a in a all it might have been quarter final very late on in his career and Gormley was absolutely giving him pucks of it um on on the field. But Joyce just stayed at it. And I remember thinking there was nothing really in it for him. You couldn't see how Galway would win in All Ireland, but he just he stayed at it. Um, he stayed at it to to to, to the end in the whole way. Oh, Shane, I was thinking about this. If if the Footballer of the Year was awarded before the All Ireland final, who would you give it to? Tough the way you frame that question. Um, can I give you a, a couple? No. Yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sean O'Shea, David Clifford. Plenty of room on the fence today, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were running out of, I thought we were running out of room on the fence. Yeah. <laughs> another one. Um, David Clifford, Sean O'Shea, Damien Coma. Probably at this stage, between Clifford and Coma uh, so far. Brian. Uh I'd be very biased now and just for the kick loan against Dublin, Sean Yoshe. <laughs> um, no, um, I think Sean Kelly's been very good for um, for Galway this season. I think he hasn't put a foot wrong. Um, if I look back to even Chris McKay was with Derry, he, every person he's came up against, he just put him in his pocket. Um, he hasn't found wanting at all at all. But again, look, I think the in reality, the player of the year is going to come down to the, the order in the final. And more often than not, it's, it's on the winning team. Um, so, um, probably Damien Comer, depends on David Clifford. I think big show for Tom Sullivan as well. He's had a great year, but um, I probably don't between David Clifford and Damien Comer. Yeah, what, what do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I, I, I'd be with the lads on that one. Um, I think at the minute, I suppose, yeah, Clifford, Clifford and Comer, to be honest with you. I know Shawnee O'Shea has been good. Um, thought would have probably fell out of the game the last game for long periods other than the start and the big kick at the finish Um, but again one big game from him and bring him right up there again I think I know we just spoke about it you asked this question uh, Paul about his, his entitlement on the Kerry team I thought Potty Clifford has, has, has done a lot of stuff for Kerry as well I know he's been picked up by all the big names all year Um, mm. so He's tied up other big players as well while he was being quiet in one of your games. But I thought he was superb in the last game. So I wouldn't, I'd have him up there as well. Like you said, Sean Kelly is there. Kim McDade has had a late 
good few games for Galway as well. But I def- I think pole position is Damien Comer and and um, David Clifford. Shane Walsh obviously was talked talk about that during the year, but um, I suppose he's going to have to have a big one in the final. Uh, it was quite pretty quiet in the last two games, uh, apart from the freeze. So the two boys are probably in pole position. I think if Paulie Clifford gets Footballer of the Year, it will actually just underline my incapacity to make judgments about either players or matches. And every prediction that I touch entirely wrong. It was the beauty of it's the beauty of football that you can you can be so wrong so repeatedly and uh, and get people to tell you as often as they possibly can. Eamon, who would you go with? Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't disagree with the lads. I think. Uh, fair play to Brian because I was saying uh, I'd be probably the only one backing for a few backs that uh, they that, that there have been some great back these mm. days. I yeah. think Tom Sullivan has been outstanding for Kerry this year. I think Tyg Morley has had a huge effect, you know, on the way Kerry. I don't think he's going to get Player of the Year because of the role he's playing, but the role that he has played has been hugely significant for 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 Kerry and Sean Ke- Sean Kelly and John Daly and the Galway side have been brilliant as well. Um, Chrissy McCaig, Brian mentioned him. Generally, it's a forward, so you you are looking at like Damien Comer, the two Cliffords, and Shawnee Shea, and like it it comes down to the final, who wins the final, and who performs to the top level in the final is generally the person who's who's going to get it. So I still think it's 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 very open. Um, uh, the the player of the year race, which is which is no bad thing. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that if it, if your team wins and you score one four in the final, if you're David Clifford or Sean O'Shea or Comer, you're probably nailed on uh, to get a Tony Lean who isn't isn't with us today. He has Thomas Sullivan for 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 Player of the Year, um, Young Player of the Year. Now we're going to take a relaxed view of what qualifies you for Young Player of the Year. We're not saying it's twenty one or younger. Um, Oshin, what are you going for? Um. Just when the lads are talking about defenders, I was really, really impressed with um, with McCluskey, Colin McCluskey from Derry this year. Derry, yeah, back. yeah. I thought he was, I thought he was exceptional, and probably didn't get much of a look in because of Rogers and McKeague's performance. But for a young player, um, new onto the scene, newish playing at that level, uh, and getting the run that they got, uh, got a few tough jobs along the way and uh for me probably he would be somebody that i would i would like to see in the mix for that okay brian um again probably being a bit gray with the age of the the young player of the year but i suppose kitty mcdade is 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 in there to shout i believe he's 22 23 cc that age it's about 24, Brian, as far as I know. Oh, Maybe it's like the older. Yeah, it's a big minor. I suppose one person that I thought he 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 started a great campaign uh, was Lee Gannon of Dublin, cornerback. Yeah. You know, I think I think he has had a fantastic um, campaign with Dublin. He's you know, he kicked two or three points in, in, in a couple of games, kicked the first point in the game last weekend uh, or two weeks against, uh, against um, Kerry. Um he was marking David Clifford for periods, but I, I think in the end, I don't think he was kind of been there was so much swapping and changing in the Dublin back yeah. then. He was he was picking up different players, but outside of that, I, I thought um, I thought he had a very solid campaign for his first outing in with Dublin. So I'd probably one or two of them, I think. What do you think, uh, Kevin? Yeah, McCluskey. I thought McCluskey was brilliant, and I've seen him. I thought 
just his skill as a defender is is been brilliant. Um, he's right out there for me. Um, Bob Finnerty, if he if if he if he, you think I think he's about twenty three, whether he's in the right age group or not. But quite the last game, but that was totally down to the defensive setup. But he's been really good. He got massive points for 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 Galway all year. I think he's he, he's been really good. Um, what age is Reen um, Oshin? Uh, 23. So, again, obviously, he has to be in there somewhere if yeah. that allows, I think, the age group. So, those three guys, and Gannon, obviously, Brian has been very, very well. So, around there, I'd be thinking I'd be stopping. Yeah, I think uh, I think Gannon was pretty good, but I think he ran into the, the air, got very thin towards the end of that uh, semi final. I think he ran into a bit of bother after about 20 minutes, turning over ball and uh, high solos and fouling. Um, but Eamon, who do, who do, who do you think? Similar to the lads, uh, Paul, I, I think that uh, if if Ryan O'Neill is um, is eligible, uh, I think that uh, he's he has to be a front runner. Uh, I think the Galway lads, you know, if they're young, I think they're young enough. Matthew Tierney and Patrick Kelly, I'm kind of ruling out the likes of Rob Finnerty, Killian McDay, those lads that they're a bit older. Matthew Tierney, Patrick Kelly, I think both have had very good years. And uh, the two backs in Connor McCluskey and Lee, Lee Gannon as well. I had those as well. I've been was very impressed with Connor McCluskey, and I mentioned that actually the day of that game that he he actually marked David Clifford in the 2017 All Ireland final. Yep. That David Clifford scored four four uh, for Derry, so he's come a long way, and you know that he he managed to tie up Shane Welch as well as he did the last days, and you know with excellent defending, near hand tackling. Mm. Tracking him, matching his pace, no fouling, it was real top top class stuff. So um, again, it, it, I think the Galway lads, the likes of Patrick Kelly or Matthew Tierney, if they had a big final, uh, they'd they'd have a great shout for for getting uh, player of the year. Yeah, um, I, I I was thinking about Matthew Tierney. Actually, Patrick Kelly intrigues me, Kevin, and just from a, a coaching point of view, I I. I played with a fellow in in in, in Tullamore and club football. He was uh, he was very tall and he used to catch kickouts. But um, if he actually successfully, you know, executed a solo, he'd nearly be waving <laughs> to the crowd. Or he'd look like he was going to try and injure himself when he tried to kick the ball. But what was his but, name again, Paul? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, he he. So, so tall players, Arden ordinarily associated with this level of skill that Patrick Kelly has because he's he's an incredibly skillful footballer. Yeah, and Paul, he's a fella I don't know much about above all the fellas because his background has been playing a lot, a lot of soccer and I think he's been playing in international soccer as well and playing at loan. So it's kind of, in the last two years or so, he's kind of fallen on the football side. So he hasn't been seen a whole pile up. But yeah, look, he's, he's a tall guy. He's a great run, I suppose. What he just needs to do, maybe he, he got marked the last day, probably put it wide. I think he fisted it close in shot off the post. And they just he just needs that little bit of experience and the confidence to bring him on a bit. But look, he's shown all the skills. He's a huge fella. And I just in the system as well, he seems to be adapting to it. He's, the minute the ball is gone, he just seems to know he's running back to a certain area to allow the wing backs fall in behind the back. So he seems to be a smart enough guy. But he's one of the guys I just don't actually, I haven't even met him. Um I think he's the key to Sunday in some respects for for Galway for getting out on the kick out, and for going at that left side of the Kerry defence. If Thomas Sullivan's gone yeah. with with Shane Walsh and that space is open in front of Finnerty, 
I, I, I think it's going to get really interesting what happens down that side with 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 with, with Patrick Kelly. What, how do you view him, Brian? Yeah, I think he's been he's been very good. Um, I, I'm kind of going to question now, but tall fellas soloing balls and and uh, what I say is Patrick Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you, Brian? Uh, uh, I don't. I'm, I'm debating over to answer that question. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> you classifying as tall? <laughs> There's a couple of fellas there now. I think that uh, Kieran Don he's quite tall, and uh, David Moore and Anthony Maher are all able to uh, solo balls. Yeah. Paul Conroy, so... I get back in my box now. I was kind of wondering there if I what you're classifying as, as tall footballers, but um, no, I think he's, he's been excellent. I think he's been a great find for them. Um, as Kevin mentioned there, he seems to know his role down to a T, and, and he's actually Ooh. excellent at his role. Um, I, I think he's, he, could be, he could be one of those dangers that Kerry have for Kerry at the weekend. I do agree with you. And if Gavin White is out... Um, I, I do think he could cause a lot of trouble coming on his side. And if Galway go after go after the kick outs with him, because he's because he is a big, a big target man out there. Um the other side to that then again is just depending on what Kerry will do to, to maybe pin him back or to see if they can hurt him if he's sitting back. He's look at the end of the day, he's not a defender, he's he's a half forward. Um so it'll be interesting to see how Kerry will line up now. But look, I think he's a he's a fine footballer. Um, he's been a massive find for, for Galway this season. Um, and what I like about him, as much as we were talking about him being defensive, he, he still pops up with scores, still pops you up getting a goal, still pops you up kicking his one or two points. So he's not just in there being, a, a, I suppose, as some people call a workhorse or, or just going back there and playing an extra body in the backs. He's also contributing to the attack as well, which, which is massive. So uh, definitely a plus uh, for, for the Galway. Yeah, I was, th- I was thinking as well, just before we talk about predictions, I think this could be an incredibly, I think this could be an incredibly defensive final. And I remember thinking at about 20 minutes into the Dublin Kerry first half, I looked, looked down to the left. I was right in the middle of the Cusick stand and looked down to the left and there was only one player in the Dublin half of the field and it was Evan Comerford. And I just kind of thinking how much Jim McGuinness's imprint has shifted the dial on Gaelic football. And how the revolutionary changed, how that was just inconceivable before Donegal changed how people had played. And everything has moved into this notion of transition. And in this, I look at the fact that Galway's shape behind when when they do have the ball is fantastic. So Galway conceded no score to Derry on turnovers. Now, you can say that that's due to Derry's limitations, but it's also due to the way Galway... Uh, had had snuffed them out. Oshin, is that the way you see this final? Yeah, but I still don't think that that makes it a you know a, a poor spectacle or a poor final. I think really, um, yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, <laughs> I have to say, I, I, <clears throat> I really enjoyed the last uh, fifteen minutes of Dublin Kerry. Uh, like the way that both teams were turning over the ball and just the excitement that 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 brings. So. I think that I think I still think it can be a good it can be a defensive game, but I still think that that doesn't take away sometimes from uh, just how good it can be. And I think for anybody who's involved in coaching, the microscope that comes that comes uh, that players come under as far as what their decision making is. So players in you know time gone by, um, a lot of them pick themselves for certain reasons because they feel. A certain slot in the team, 
Um, they had a certain set of um, skills that were uh, conducive to playing certain roles. Um, I think a lot of it now revolves around what's going on in the top six inches as far as your decision making when you're really under pressure. And that was that was huge, you know, the last day, and it's going to be huge in the final. And I think it's a lot of time it's nice that sport comes down to that sort of thing rather than just pure brawn. Um, that you have to think your way through the game. I think both teams will have to think their way through the game. Um, and as much as I think, you know, again, that both teams want to have a certain amount of control on the things that happen during the game, like every manager does, um, the, the, the control will be lost at some stage. There's no doubt because just these two teams have too much, they have too much firepower for it not to develop into, into something which will be spectacular. Really and truly, and 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 when I say spectacular, I'm I'm not just talking about you know all out attack. I'm not talking one twenty to one twenty, one twenty one or something like that. I'm talking about um, the fact that you know that the mistakes start to come become more plentiful towards the end of the game, and the team that makes the least mistakes will win the game. What's it like? And I actually, I'll ask this to the four of you. What's it like to lose an All Ireland final? Oh yes, yeah. that's <laughs> answers this to the pod. <laughs> yeah, the silence, the the silence there. Do you think about it much? Um, you do. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. Uh, yeah, it's very disappointing, obviously, and I think. Look, it's like any it's like any game, really. You, as a group, you're obviously very disappointed. Then the next thing you do is you look at your own performance, whether you were playing or whether you were on the line. And uh, at least if you played well, it gives you some bit of uh, solace uh, in the disappointment. Um, if you've played poorly and the team has lost, or if you're if you're on the line and you've had a bad day and the management have had a bad day and the team lost, it's a very very disappointing place to be. Um, no, I always tend to, to process it fairly fast and move on. And you were generally back in with the club as a player, which was always, I always found it anyway, very therapeutic and it just moved you on straight away. It was a bit different to, as a manager because uh, you didn't have the club to go back to. You weren't going back playing straight away. So it was probably a lonelier uh, processing of, of, of what happened. But yeah, it is. It's hugely it's usually disappointing. It's it's obviously the worst game uh, that you can lose, and uh, it stays with you. And you probably think about the ones you lost more than the ones you won. What's the dressing room like, Brian, after a final loss? Oh, it's a, it's a bad place to be. Well, um, straight out, there's, it's silence. I think silence says everything. There's just fellas. There's no there's no talking. There's no communication. It just you know you hear uh, you know fella take off his boots and hit the ground. You'll hear it. You'll hear. It's theory. It's just. It's not nice. It's um. So you give so much to to playing football from the point of view of the, the preparation, the commitment. You know, missing out on family weddings and friends' weddings and stag parties and fellas going on trips and holidays to the Euros and you're missing out time with your own family, your your partner, your wife, your girlfriend. You're not spending time with them, the family. Um, don't get me wrong. It's, it's it, you know, it's. You know, I wouldn't change anything in my career for it. I mean, but it's it's just a massive commitment, and 
you were sold so long with a group of fellas inside in the dressing room that you know they you're 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 best friends with them like and um, all of a sudden this whole year just comes to an end on one 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 final day in Crow Park and as Emma said it's it's the last day of the year, it's the biggest ultimate prize for you and you just fall short and it's uh it's an empty feeling and um I think even it's, it's the Monday morning for me when you wake up, probably a bit of a hangover on top of us. Um the Monday morning is probably the worst part of us to be honest with you. It's um how would you put it about a bit? You're thinking about the game, you're thinking about everything. What if I did this? What if we did that? The what ifs kind of come into play. Um, but as Amy said, look, to be honest, we're lucky here in Kerry that, um, and I found it very beneficial to me in 2015 when we lost to Dublin. Um, I had to go back in training Wednesday night because we had an intermediate semi final the following Sunday against Castle Island or in, in Killarney. So I more or less had to put on the boots again Wednesday night to go training. And do you know what? We, we went on to win the All Ireland Intermediate Club that year. So probably um it wasn't long getting over you know what i mean and that's the best thing about going back to the club football you're you're brought back to a bang really so you'll have some smart comments obviously inside the dressing room which is great to have to bring you back down to earth um so from that point of view it, it is great but um other than that losing our own finally yeah, look it's 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 a hard it's a horrible feeling horrible feeling kevin do you still think about the one the one that you lost yeah, uh, well, uh, yeah, I think you think more when you lost than, than when you won, to be honest. It's just that's maybe that's that's in all sports people, I would think, because you're, maybe you're looking back on a little bit of regret. But I suppose that the, the biggest feeling for me is just the, the, the season is over. And, you know, it's like Brian said, it's the quietness. It's just disappointment. You don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, there's no one around you in the mood to talk anyway. And in this, the season's over as well. And that's the huge one because you just, everything you've done all year, it's it's packed away. Uh, if you win, you're meeting up during the week. There's little things going on. And it just seems to go on for you. But this is just a, a dead end with bitter disappointment. It's 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 very difficult uh, after such a long season of hard work. But uh, yeah, you'd think more of the ones you lost than the much you win, to be honest. That's the way I'd be in it, personally. Well, Shane, I'm not going to ask you about 2003 after after all this time. I know it's uh, it's it's too local. Um and you have to run into those boys every day, or at least in work. Try, try hard not to <clears throat> ever run into them, actually. <laughs> um, I just, like, some of, the, some of the emotion that I would have was embarrassment because you, you just embarrass. You don't want to talk to people about it. You don't want to, you don't want people's, you know, hard lucks. Um, you tr- like, it's a bravement. It's a process. You know, you have different stages of it. You know, you wake up cringing in the middle of the night and different things like that. And just, it just hurts. Um, and it hurts badly. Uh, and it takes a bit of getting over. And definitely getting back on the pitch and playing a bit of football <clears throat> certainly helps. Um, I always find that actually, you know, when Brian's talking about waking up on the Monday, like players usually end up seeking each other out because there's a bit of, you know, the, the lad who's with you, you know, you get a you get a sense of, of where they're at and there's usually one person within that group who can lift the spirits a little bit. So um getting together with the lads who are in a similar of a similar mindset or after going through the exact same thing, you know. We're going to call the match now. Oshin, who's gonna win? <clears throat> well you're gonna accuse me of sitting on the fence, but this is not this is genuinely what I feel. I feel as if Kerry will get the job done eventually, but it might take another I think it will take another day. Not might. I think it'll take another day. So 
at the end of extra time, they'll still be level and it'll be a replay. I think so. Something right. gives me that feeling that it's gonna be there's gonna be another day. It's okay. too early. It's too early for the season to be over. That's a big call. I'm not I'm not just looking for another gig for us. Most gays, because that's what people will, that's the first thing that people will accuse us of. But I genuinely think that there's a lot of things, and then we talk about you know how uh, how nervy this there's a good possibility this is going to be very nervy for a long time. Um, so yeah, and I think both sets of uh, both sets of forwards uh, can really punish you know small little um, mistakes in either defence. Um, and it's just it's really difficult one to call so, so another day out I think I, it, it's funny I, I, I've been talking to a few people this week who I really really respect their views on football they know it inside out and they have Kerry winning by 8, 10, 12 points they think Kerry are going to do a number on Galway in the final you don't see that no definitely not Brian I don't, I don't think that, that, that Kerry you see that either genuinely Brian no, look, you don't get into an All Ireland final and, and and sit down and get walked over. I've so I mean you're, you're not a bad team, no matter how bad the championship has been. You're in an All Ireland final in Merris, and uh, look, I, I agree with Oshin. This game is it could very well go to extra time. Um, I, I think the big thing for me is is the pace that Kerry are going to play the game at. I think in the first half, Kerry played with a fantastic pace to the game. Um, there was times I can recall where they turned Dublin over on top of the D. Gavin White, Tyke Morley, David Moore, and Graham a couple of times, and all of a sudden the, transi- the transition was was fantastic. It was it was a kick pass. It was a kick pass and a kick pass. I think Sean O'Shea came on the end of it at one stage and kicked the score with his left leg. I think David Clifford got a point as well in the first half. Again, he down by the Q's extend side, he caught in back onto his right leg and kicked it over. And I think that all came from kick passing. It came from a, a very quick turnover where I think they could possibly hurt Galway if, if they leave David inside one and one or leave David inside close to goal. If Kerry get a turnover, can break quick. And I think if they play, if they play the game at a pace that they played against Dublin, I think they'll have enough to beat Galway from the point of view. I don't think Galway have played a game at that intensity yet. Um, I think Kevin kind of mentioned that the Derry game was a, a slow pace. Derry were treating back, the game was played at slow, it was able to hand passed over and back, there was breaks in the game, similar to the the Armagh game was played at times at a high pace, yes, but I just think if Kerry can play the game at a frantic pace at Division 1 football, I think that's where Kerry played our best football, I think Gaiman will agree to some point of view with that, when we go at our kicking game and we play the game 100 miles an hour, I think would be very hard to beat, and I think that's the big thing for Kerry, if they can play the game at 100 miles an hour, I think they can, they can win this, but um, it's going to go down to the wire to be honest with you but sorry the other thing I think is going to have massive bearing is, is a goal in this game I think a goal is going to be massive for because both teams will try and sit in tight to a certain degree I think a goal is going to swing this game big time yeah. Kevin yeah Paul I, I, 8 to 10 points in the final is, 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 a no, is a no goal really to be honest any final it won't see too many that way um, Brian is at the pace side of it there I just look at the will they throw in a full forward on top of Galway for a while and try one or two in there and how they deal with that? Um, how will Kerry deal with the Galway defensive system? You know, will they get frustrated? Uh, will Galway being down to a low pace that they won't like it and they being down the line? 
that they put a doubt in the, in the, in the Kerry minds, having to carry the favouritism. Oh, there's a load of un, unanswered questions here because there is no line of form other than the male match. That's the only line I can see. Um, and again, you've on, on days and off days. But I see this going down really, really tight. Um, I think Gall, we can sneak it on the back of staying in the game for long periods and coming down the stretch. If they do, like Gall, we are fairly well set up from to stop Kerry from counter-attacking. Um, and that sweeper inside, who's, who's going to mark Damien Comer? Um, I think that's going to be huge to stop the ball going to Damien Comer. If, if he has a good day, Galway will get a great chance. So I'm going to give Galway a, a slight nod, uh, providing that they they stay tight for the whole first half. Okay. Eamon? Uh, yeah, hard to disagree with anything that's been said, except for Kevin's uh, slight nod there. Uh, <laughs> um, uh I think the lads have all covered. I'm expecting a very cagey, tight game. A um, lot of nerves. Um, you know, like I think probably something that Galway will be conscious of is their slow start and slow finish. They've been, you know, caught towards the end of games and they've also started games quite slowly against both Derry and Armagh. So I think they'll be they'll be conscious of that, keeping themselves in the game early on, sitting in, making it very tight. Um Paddy Shea used to have a great expression for us uh, coming up the big games. He'd be talking about being cautiously confident. So what he meant was that you're cautious of the opposition. You're very respectful of the opposition, but you're also confident in your own ability and you're confident in the group um, and the work we've done together. So I would be cautiously confident this week. I think that... Um, it's going to be tight. I wouldn't be surprised if it needed extra time or the extra day out, as, as O'Sheen says. Uh, but I think the Kerry bench can be a factor in deciding it late on. I just think, even looking back at the hurling final last week, there was absolutely nothing in that game. And the, the, the quality of the Limerick subs that came in, uh, you know, helped get them over the line. And I think possibly the quality that Kerry subs, Kevin mentioned it earlier that Padre Joyce and the lads don't tend to use the bench that much. And I think in an All-Ireland final, 80-plus minutes from, you know, 17, 18 players is a big ask, whereas a few fellas coming on, adding legs, adding that bit of football finish, it could be the deciding factor. Very tight, though. I'm expecting it to be very tight. Yeah, so we'll know. What do you think, Paul? Sorry, Oshin. The, the line's gone really bad there. I can't quite, I can't quite hear you. I think, um, so I I had, I thought Dublin were going to win the All-Ireland. They were the team who I thought, so I'm wrong straight up from, from the beginning. I, In terms of Galway, I've tipped Galway all year to beat Mayo, to beat Roscommon, um, and to win their quarterfinal, semi-final. And um, I'm kind of stuck now um, in that I, I, I'm not sure. I think the questions about Kerry are really, really interesting ones. I think they have the two outstanding players on the field in Sean O'Shea and David Clifford. But I also think that they have some players who I think will struggle in an all-out of final. So I'm going to tentatively say Galway by a couple of points. Um, so that's And I was in tune. Uh, last week, so I'm hugely <laughs> coloured by the experience of being in tune with Leo Moore. You've been, and I was going to say, you've been shot when I was down there. So I, mean, <laughs> I think we could have a hostage situation. 
is, is the way I'd look at it. We'll finish there. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running this podcast, to Raf Rocca, to Jack Neville, to Tony Lean, and to everyone at Examiner Sport. Thanks to Renault for their support. A huge thanks to Oshin McConville, to Brian Sheehan, to Eamon Fitzmaurice, and to Kevin Walsh for joining us today. Beamish Harnash Kalua. Thanks to our sponsors, Renault. The Renault Capture, the versatile, compact family SUV. Remember that, There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Listen,